another episode of Off the Dome. I hope you guys are doing good today. I hope that you guys had a great week last week. I just feel like the weeks are just moving so fast and literally by the time I'm out of work on 4:30 at 4:30 on Friday evening, I literally am back at work at 8 a.m. and I'm just sad about it. Like I'm sad about it. Like I just feel like all I do is work, which I'm sure a lot of you guys feel the same way, but it's like, dang. Can we get a three-day weekend every weekend like I told y'all last last week? Like, this is getting ridiculous. I don't know. It just seems like I always have a lot on my plate and nothing ever gets done. Like, things get done, but nothing fully gets done. You know what I mean? Like, I feel accomplished today. Like, this is Sunday when I'm filming this for y'all. My goal was to have this already filmed, like, to start filming this at 3. I'm past the marker. It's 425, but but it's still daylight outside. So I guess that's better than nothing. I went to the grocery store to pick up a few things. Um, let's see, what else? I went to the gym. I was out of the gym before 12.30 today. I took out the trash. I watered my plants. So the only thing that's really pressing for me to accomplish before the end of the night is my laundry. And you guys, I'm holding myself accountable. I know y'all are probably like, didn't this chick say she didn't do laundry last week? Y'all, I got my laundry sitting right in front of my door and I'm going to get it done. I promise y'all I'm getting it done because at this point, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, if I don't do laundry, like I ain't got no clothes. Like, you know what I mean? And it's so annoying because this is definitely like first world problems, but so I live by myself in an apartment and my apartment is cool. Like I really don't have many issues with this place. I've had some issues in the past, but nothing too crazy except for one situation that honestly, I'm gonna have to tell y'all on another day because that's a whole episode in itself. But the one thing that I hate about this apartment complex, well, actually, I guess it's more my fault because if I wanted to, I could have a washer and dryer in my unit but it's not like affordable honestly so that's the reason why i don't have one the cool thing is they do have like a laundry facility on site but it's just such a chore y'all to like get my laundry sort my laundry get all the cleaning detergent and stuff that i'm gonna need put it in a ziploc bag carry like two bags full of laundry put it in the car drive down the street go walk over there like it's such a chore and like Honestly, before I ever moved out, that was the one thing that I was nervous about was like using community facilities because growing up, I had never really had any experiences where I had to go to the laundromat. I dated a guy who went to the laundromat like every once in a while, but honestly, it really didn't bother me because maybe he just had his life together better than me or something, or maybe he just had time. I don't know. Maybe it's easier when you actually drive to the laundromat and then you just stay there until the stuff is done. I don't know. You guys let me know if you have any experience with not having like laundry facilities in your actual unit because I didn't realize how much of a difference it makes when you actually have to physically go to the laundromat every single week. Like it's it's annoying, but so that's the reason why for me laundry can get put off for so long because in like if I really think if if I really think about it, so um, I don't have the washer and dryer hookup in my unit. Now my unit does have the space for it. Like there's a section where I could have done that, but like I said, I can't afford that, so that's not gonna happen. Now 
obviously if you're using like a commercial washer and dryer well you can get more loads done at one time than if i only had one washer and dryer so i feel like there are pros and cons to it like if i went to go do laundry right now i would probably have i don't know let's say six loads of laundry total maybe seven but i think maybe six loads total i could literally get that done in maybe three hours yeah like three hours something like that so those are the pros like i can get laundry done faster it's just the actual chore of going to do it and i remember seeing this uh this video somewhere online where it was like don't you hate it when the thing that you put off for weeks and months at a time took you like 15 to 30 minutes to complete like why is that me why is that my life you guys like that's literally my life like things that i put off for so long if i just sat there and got it done it would just be done and that would be the end of the story so i'm working on it y'all i'm really working on it but yeah so other than that i feel like i feel pretty accomplished for the weekend on saturday i actually went out of the house besides going to the grocery store and going to the gym I went to the mall you guys and I hate shopping one thing about me I hate shopping like I like to have stuff but I don't like to go get it I rather do it like I actually can't even say that I would rather do it online because that's even a pain in itself like Amazon I can shop on Amazon like I can get my stuff on Amazon and I can do that but like shopping for clothes shopping for shoes shoe shopping actually isn't that bad it's not that bad but yeah so i do have a trip coming up soon a birthday trip and so i was trying to like get some items for you know the trip now i don't know why do i need new clothes for this trip well because it's my birthday weekend and you guys know how we do when it's our birthday weekend we gotta have the whole wardrobe and i'm leaving i'm leaving texas so i need to have options you know what i mean like i'm only gonna be gone for like two days like three and a half days four days something like that but i need at least two to three options per day because you never know what you're gonna get into you know what i mean like you gotta have like a daytime fit then you gotta have like a brunch fit then you might need to have like a night get up you never know i might be twerking i might need something that's easy to twerk in i might need something a little bit more elegant upscale you know you gotta have options just have options so i went shopping and i guess because i'm the only one who's still like sitting in the house not going anywhere not doing anything it's one because i have no friends here um so that sucks but that's a conversation for another day so i literally on my weekends i do the same repetitive shit, and that's why like I, I guess that's why it feels like my weekends just run together because i don't do anything exciting like i literally go to the gym go grocery shopping clean the house do laundry or not and then like catch up on some shows catch up on youtube but i rarely do anything or like i'll go like get food you know like i'll go pick up food to go or something but other than that i do nothing significant on the weekends and it's honestly it sucks because i hate being cooped up in the house but at the same time it's like i don't have any friends so because I don't have any friends, I don't have a reason to go get up and go get cute and go nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that luxury of just having someone to be like, hey, let's go here. Like, 
I think at this point I'm getting more closed off to the idea of making friendships in adulthood like I'm not closed off a hundred percent to that but it's just hard to like maintain friendships in adulthood and you just don't know what people's intentions are and I feel like I'm the type of person I used to think that maybe it was me like maybe I don't put myself out there enough to have friends that is partially true because I told y'all I literally stay in this house but I'm friendly you know what I mean like I'm approachable I do wear a mask still so maybe you can't tell that I'm approachable and then I mean to be honest with y'all when we weren't wearing masks um people always used to say that I had like a resting bitch face but I can't do nothing about that I'm still gonna like if you come up to me in public like I'll talk to you I, I told you I don't like small talk so I mean that's kind of hard but you know I'm friendly I'll say hey you know whatever the case may be but yeah it's just it's just hard to like and like I want to do stuff y'all like I actually want to kind of slowly creep back into society a little bit and like I don't even know I just want to do something that's not related to the upkeep of my apartment you know I want to do something that has nothing to do with adulting but I don't know it's just hard to like it's just hard to figure out who's here for the right reasons if, if y'all are picking up what I'm putting down it's just hard yeah it's just hard so I don't have any friends um so yeah that's the reason why I'm always cooped up in the house but I don't know maybe the Lord will bless me with some reliable loyal people in my life but then again if he doesn't it really wouldn't be nothing new from the life that I've been living over the last couple of years because you know I've had people that have kind of come and gone or it's like nothing really bad happened that caused a falling out but you know how you you maybe used to hang out with somebody like years prior and then you just don't hang out with them anymore and it's just I'm to me it's like I try to initiate stuff with people but then once I get like burned a couple of times with that then I'm like mm, yeah I'm good on that I could just stay at the house because if I stay at the house I know I'm not going to disappoint myself and if I disappoint myself that's on me and I can deal with that internally but when other people disappoint me when other people show their ass when other people get under my skin when other people make me feel some type of way when other people make me feel awkward you know I just don't want to put myself in those situations like I'm about to be 27 years old I just don't got time for the bullshit anymore y'all and it sucks because like all my two best friends literally live across the world like I'm being dramatic but they live far man like I just oh it's so annoying I know I'm being a big baby right now guys but it is so hard when your closest ride or die people do not live anywhere near you. So the closest thing that I can get to good is a FaceTime call, a voice message, or a phone call. And it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Sometimes I want to pick up and just drive to my best friend's house and be like, we're going out tonight. Get your best outfit on. We're going out. And I don't want to hear nothing about it, you know? Or a night in with wine and a charcuterie board. Like, God. I don't know anyways let me get off my little rant but yeah so the weekend was pretty good I found a couple of items when I went shopping the other day but shopping was kind of a tragic experience because I did tell you guys that I gained weight over the last two years which I feel like a lot of people have so it's not like that's like 
taboo to say out loud but it just sucks when you do like start you know trying to get back into the real world and you realize like damn like I still can't really fit the sizes that I fit maybe two years ago so that was kind of frustrating but I found a couple of things and then uh, my birthday dress that I ordered it actually came in the mail today so it came in the mail early I tried it on it's like chef's kiss to the perfection I just need to go get it altered a little bit but you know I played it safe I was like I'm gonna get it to like a little bit bigger than what I think I would actually wear one because I've never ordered off this website before but two because you can always get something altered but if something is too small there's nothing you can do about that and I wanted something different I wanted something sexy elegant bad and bougie for my birthday weekend because the last two years I was robbed of doing anything just like all of us were because of the pandemic so this year I'm going out and I'm showing my tail you know what I mean I'm going out I'm gonna be bad and bougie the dress is cute so that really lifted my spirits even though I only found like three items when I went shopping but the dress is cute so we're gonna roll with it good vibes good vibes for the rest of this Sunday I'm gonna get my laundry done so yeah definitely we're gonna have a good rest of the day but what I did want to do, the top of the podcast, y'all, I did promise that we were going to talk about Love is Blonde, so I do want to make sure that I share my thoughts. Now, there are six total couples on this show that were like the main characters, but I don't really want to do all six on this one podcast because then this podcast would be two hours and I just ain't got time for that. So I think what I'm going to do is do three at a time. So that's what I'm going to do. For today's episode, I'm gonna pick three couples. I'm gonna kind of talk about each couple individually. And then on the next episode, I will do the last three couples. And then maybe on the third episode after that, I'll recap my final thoughts. You know, maybe I'll do it like that. You guys let me know how you would prefer like the next couple of episodes to go. Do you want me to do the last three and then do like my recap at the end? Or should I make that a whole other episode let me know so yeah let's hop into it shall we so I told you guys that I you know have been watching season two of love is blind if you don't know already which you should know you've been living under a rock I guess but also I hope you guys are caught up because I did I warned you guys that there were going to be spoilers so if you guys have not caught up with season two of love is blind then you might want to skip I don't know 20 to 30 minutes ahead of this episode I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to be on a tangent because I got some thoughts. So it might be 30 minutes. So yeah, you might want to skip ahead if you know, you still want to watch it. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into the first couple that I am going to talk about is Danielle and Nick. They are by far my favorite couple on season two. And honestly, people probably are like, why? She literally is like self-sabotaging her relationship but this is the reason why I love it. because I can relate to Danielle's story like she is I don't see myself like a hundred percent in her but she just reminds me so much of what I've done in my past relationships like it's almost like she pushes Nick so hard away from her to see like if he's gonna be down with her you know like if he's actually gonna stay and I've done that before I've done that in my 
probably I've probably done that in all of my relationships, y'all. I'm not perfect. I am not the relationship guru. Yeah, I probably have done that in all of my serious relationships, which isn't many. So I don't know. I just feel like she wants to see if he's actually going to stand by her in her toughest moments because she battles with anxiety. Um, I don't know if she battles with depression. I could be wrong. I feel like she touched on that on her Instagram page, but um, don't quote me on that. But I know for sure she talked about battling with anxiety and you know, she also said that she had been overweight in the past and then she had lost 70 pounds, but she still sees herself as like the little fat girl from when she was younger. And that is so relatable because when I grew up, I was always the chubby girl. I was always bigger than all of my friends. Um, you know, my mom had to like shop for my clothes at like Cato, like old women's places. Like who the heck shops at Cato? For a 10 year old but literally like I couldn't wear a lot of the stuff at like limited two and stuff like that like I had to have grown women stuff because I was in grown women clothes at a young age like I was just always bigger so to always see yourself as like your bigger self even when you do get smaller I think it's like a mind thing like it's like just um your mind playing tricks on you like you'll always see yourself in your bigger body and so I think sometimes what happens is like people will give you compliments even you know after you've lost the weight or whatever you wanted to do with your body and like you can't even accept the compliments because when you look in the mirror you don't see what they see and so yeah that was just really relatable to me I even think that in the pods Nick also said that he was like a heavier kid and so he could relate to her feeling like insecure about her body which I thought was great because I think it's important for your partner whether you're going to be in a same-sex relationship or not I think it's important for your partner to listen to you hear you and understand you and be able to relate with you now of course your partner is not going to be able to relate to every single thing that you've gone through but I feel like listening and validating is the biggest thing that you can do for somebody especially someone who struggles with like mental health especially like anxiety because anxiety is literally like your mind telling you something that doesn't really exist like your mind telling you that you're in danger but you're really not in danger so that can be hard to deal with and you know I just really appreciate Nick for like him trying to work with her now don't get me wrong he had his moments where I felt like oh you coming off a little too strong with my girl Danielle Nick I need you to turn it down like 10 or 20 notches like for example they were in Mexico and after they leave the pods basically what the the hosts do they take the couples who accepted the proposal to Mexico and they try to match their emotional connection that they built in the pods without ever seeing each other before the proposal. Um, well, literally, they didn't see each other until after the, the proposal. You guys, you know what? I need to back up a little bit. So hold that thought. We'll come back to Mexico in just a second. So basically, the gist of the show is you have several people that come on to this social experiment. Not all of them are going to be you know on the whole season because some of them don't get matched up with another person so I don't know how many people come on the show let's say 30 people total maybe come on the show men and women 
they come on the show and they're trying to basically find out is love truly blind can you really love someone without ever meeting them without knowing you know a lot of their background story their finances stuff like that things that would get in the way in the normal world can you truly fall in love with someone without those things getting in the way so from what i understand they have 10 dates and they essentially i guess what they do they have like these little notebooks that they can write like their top contenders on the notebook and probably talk about the things that they discuss in the pod so they can you know keep track of everybody keep track of people's names what they like you know stuff like that they have the dates and they start narrowing down their people so then the cast starts to dwindle down because obviously not everybody is going to be a match so the cast starts to dwindle down and then you kind of get to your your final i guess six in this case of who is going to actually be like the main characters on the show and in the pods you know they they get very deep really quickly because it's like you can't be judged on your physical appearance and that's actually something that you know is interesting to me because i hate small talk so you can essentially bypass all the small talk and jump straight into so what is your family dynamic like you know what type of mental health issues if any do you deal with do you want kids do you want to get married like obviously if they're on the show they want to get married but you know you can have the conversations that in the real world you probably wouldn't necessarily have until after a couple of dates because I feel like if you were to go on a first date in the real world and be like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Like, I guess you could ask that on a first date. But I guess there are some things that on a first date in the real world outside of a social experiment, you probably wouldn't ask. Like, tell me about your last relationship. You know, like on a first date, you probably want to keep it a little bit more lighthearted while still being intentional and kind of see like how you banter with a person their mannerisms you know how they treat you in public like that type of thing and then later on is probably when you start diving into the nitty-gritty so um so yeah that's essentially how it goes they they meet in the pods they have their 10 dates someone proposes the person accepts then after the proposal um they physically meet the person for the first time so they do a big reveal and then they kind of talk for a little bit. You can kind of see like, you know, if that person is shocked with their selection or, you know, are they really attracted to that person? Are they going to need more time? Um, you kind of see that during their first initial reaction. Some people are like really awkward. Some people probably think like, oh, dang, like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then after the big reveal, then the couples go to Mexico. So that's where we left off. So I'm going to pick back up in Mexico. So they go to Mexico and this is a chance for them to see if the emotional connection that they built in the pods matches a physical connection because now they can touch each other. They can kiss. They can have sex. You know, they they can see each other's mannerisms, how they handle themselves in public, how they handle themselves in person. Um, are they really the person that they made themselves out to be in the pods? I still feel like there's definitely the thought of that person keeping up their representative, which you guys know about that. The representative probably is something that people keep up for the first 90 days. That's what I think, because I don't know if y'all ever read Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. 
by Steve Harvey. Like obviously the movie is based on the book. I read the book after like a breakup that I had years ago and I was like dang this is Steve Harvey over here spitting facts for us women. So I actually took a lot of notes from that book and I still kind of apply them to like how I go about dating. Not everything but there were some points that Steve made in the book that I think make a lot of sense. And one of them is that you show your representative when you're first like getting to know someone when you're first dating them and stuff. And basically he uses this analogy like when he started working at General Ford Motors way back in the day before they would even give the employee their benefits package you had to prove yourself on the job to be reliable a good employee all that stuff for 90 days before they would release you a benefits package. So it basically you'll see how that person acts on the job in that 90 day period just like you would see how someone is going to treat you within a 90 day period when you're dating them and you're trying to figure out who they truly are i truly think that you could probably find out who somebody is before the 90 day period especially if you spend a lot of time with them like it doesn't take long for people to start showing their ass and my last relationship is proof of that because truth be told y'all we didn't even we weren't even together like six months like we were together maybe a total of the whole scenario of us breaking up getting back together i think a total of like four and a half months and I kind of saw his true character like within a month and a half. So yeah, it, but you know, 90 day, 90 day rule, whatever the case may be. We're talking about Danielle and Nick specifically. They go to Mexico and I'm not going to break down every single thing that happened in their relationship, but I'm just going to pick up like some of my main points that I want to talk about. Um, and one of them was when they were in Mexico, Danielle actually got sick but they were having like a meet and greet with all the other couples. Now, mind you guys, they only know what their person looks like and then the people that they lived with. So the girls know what the girls look like, the guys know what the guys look like, and then the couples know who they look like. But they don't know, for example, Ayana, one of the girls in the house, wouldn't know what Nick looks like because she's never seen Nick. She's only spoken to Nick. But Danielle knows what Nick looks like because she accepted the proposal. Does that make sense? So this was a meet and greet for all the people to see like these are the people you didn't choose or these are the people that you actually talked to but um, you know maybe didn't have a connection or maybe you did have a connection and you ended up going with somebody else which we will talk about. So Danielle ends up getting like food poisoning or some type of sickness in Mexico to where she decided to stay back in the hotel room and she let Nick go to the party or whatever. So long story short Nick comes back from the party and I guess it's like talking to Danielle and then Danielle kind of starts flipping out on him and is like I saw you she makes a comment like like she was watching him from the balcony and so he's like you were watching me so like she he's trying to detail like what he was doing at the party and she was just like oh no you weren't doing that because I saw you and he was like you saw me she was like yeah I was sitting on the balcony and she was like, uh, you ain't gonna try to wiggle your way out of this one. Like I saw you and I don't even think, I don't even remember exactly like what she saw him do, but I guess like originally his story wasn't adding up to what she actually saw. Um, but he didn't do anything wrong. The only thing that Nick probably did wrong is Nick is messy. Like Nick likes to be where the drama resides. So if that's what he did wrong, that's probably the only thing I can think of. 
but basically Danielle kind of she says she had like a panic attack and she later clarifies this on her Instagram that there was some parts of the panic attack that weren't shown or like the situation that led up to that that blow up argument that they didn't show basically she kind of has a panic attack and you know she's questioning her relationship with Nick Nick is trying to like kind of reason with her but he's not really at her level he's trying to understand why she's upset and you know they're not really jiving they're not really understanding one another so kind of Nick is just like I don't know what to do here like you have to stop being toxic you're you're being toxic right now which she kind of was but you know I think her anxiety just took over and she just started creating like scenarios in her head of what was really going on and none of that stuff actually was really going on based off of what they showed on the show so yeah, those that was like one of the situations in which, you know, Danielle's anxiety or her thoughts that she was thinking, like bad thoughts that were coming into her mind about the actual relationship, like is Nick really going to want to be with her? Like, why would you want to be with me if, you know, I have all these anxieties and things that you probably can't really deal with, like that type of thing. And you know, he had made the comment like you have to stop being so toxic because she had said that she kind of self-sabotages her relationship. So Nick was already aware of this. And I think he was trying to put it in perspective for her. It's like, okay, like, you know, you know that you can be insecure and that you have these issues and, you know, they are going to resurface into our relationship because you're self-aware that you have these problems. So I guess he was trying to, the best way that he could, like, bring her back to earth and be like, hey, like, you know, you're being toxic. Nothing is happening. Like, I need you to calm down. I need you to relax. I mean, the last thing that you want to tell somebody is that they're being toxic and I need you to relax. But like I said, he sometimes doesn't choose his words carefully when he's dealing with her. But I mean, this is new to him. So he's trying to make it work the best that he possibly can. My overall thoughts on Danielle and Nick, like I said, she has a relatable story. Nick I guess from his perspective, he feels like he's the black sheep of his family. His family doesn't really care about him. They have some like inner turmoil going on. You'll know this because in another part of the season, Danielle brings Nick to meet her family because also a part of the show, they end up introducing each other to their families. They live together in an apartment in Chicago to see if it would work between them two. They go see their individual homes if they have one um, to see like who would be moving in with who, what type of space do you have, how am I going to make this work? You know, they start meeting each other's friends and family, trying to make it as a real dating experience as much as possible. So Danielle takes Nick to go meet her family and I really like Danielle's family. They seem very open-minded. Her mom was really cute. Reminds me of like her, like her mom is like, you know, wanting the best for her. And she even says that Danielle reminds her so much of her. I guess there was a situation after the fact where I guess Nick wasn't being as present with Danielle as she wanted him to be. And she made the comment like, 
do you really care if your family, like he had some issues going on with his own family that kind of took away like where he was feeling mentally with going to visit her family. He wanted to visit her family. He was excited and all that, but he had his own family drama going on. So he was trying to tend to that and be present with Danielle's family as much as possible. But I guess it didn't cut it for her. And she was just like, well, do you really even care about me? If you know, you weren't even like super excited to go see my family. And he was like, well, of course I care about your family and I care about you, but I had like my own issues going on that didn't allow me to be a hundred percent in with you and your family. That doesn't mean that I don't care about you, but she took it from zero to 100. It's like, oh, you had other priorities. You had other things going on. Well, do you even care about me? And I've done that so many times. Like I've done that. I'd be like, do you even love me then? Like that doesn't even make any sense. Like, yeah, I know I have toxic behaviors, y'all. I'm not here to sugarcoat that, but so yeah. So then they have another blow up argument and Nick is like, listen, like just because I have other obligations and other things that may preoccupy my mind doesn't mean that I don't care about you. And then he even says like, I'm sorry if, you know, I made you feel that I didn't care. I just had like my family situation going on and I was trying to tend to both at the same time. And I'm sorry if I didn't do that in a way that appeared that I cared about visiting your family and I felt like you know he was very genuine in his apology to her but she kind of kept egging it on with him which then you know Nick when he gets pissed he gets pissed and so it's like she's almost like provoking the fight she's provoking the argument and like I said I personally think that she does that because she's trying to see how much she can actually put him through before he walks away and then it's the classic, okay, I'm going to put you through all this shit. And then when you start pulling away from me, then I'm going to be like, but wait a minute. Like, but I don't want you to leave. But yeah, I've done that before. Like literally in my last relationship, even though I knew that relationship was doomed from jump. Like I told y'all in that clown story that I told y'all, I knew that relationship should have never happened. It was doomed from the get go. But there were times where... I guess the situation's a little bit different because this dude was just not the dude for me. But there would be times where it's like, I'm pushing you away because I'm trying to see, like, are you really going to be there for me in the hard times? Or are you just only there for me when things are good? Because I need to see you there for me during both occasions. Because if you can't be there for me when times are hard, well, then you just don't need to be there. You don't need to be there for me because it's one thing to be there when everything is all good and gravy, but that's not real life. So, and then when it, when he's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do because, you know, clearly you don't want me to be in your life because you keep pushing me away. You keep starting arguments out of nowhere. Now, my arguments weren't out of nowhere. I had a reason for why I would be arguing, but it's like you, there's only so much that that other person can do having arguments is fine. I think having arguments is fine as long as they're constructive, which is something that the hosts say on the reunion special. You know, there's nothing wrong with having arguments as long as you kind of reach like some type of common ground or some type of compromise at the end of it. But arguing just to argue and hear yourself talk, I mean, that's pointless. Like nobody has time for that. So yeah, you know, there are just a lot of instances in which Danielle is just trying to, and maybe she's not actually trying to push him away, but she's doing it like subconsciously. She's not even thinking about it. And you know, they had a lot of talks about, 
her doing that and just needing to like trust in Nick and that he loves her and that he wants to be there for her and that, you know, he's not saying that he doesn't care about her and he cares about her feelings and he wants her to feel validated. Like he makes, he makes it known to her that that is the case. And basically just to wrap it up, and this isn't going to be like the greatest recap ever y'all. There are some other people that have done like some hilarious recaps of this show, but Long story short with Danielle and Nick, as far as like meeting the parents or whatever, you know, Danielle's parents were very accepting of Nick. They were accepting of the whole social experience. I mean, Danielle, Danielle's parents are like very progressive. They're very open and honest and which is probably why Danielle has no problem at all being like super vulnerable and very honest and upfront about her feelings because they were asking them like have y'all had sex like what's the sex like like what like hunty we don't talk about that like not at the freaking dinner table like come on now that's conversations that you have with your sister on a sleepover you don't be doing all that like I don't know I would never I don't feel like I could just be talking to my mom willy-nilly about my sexual encounters like nah we can't do that we don't do that around here but anyways yeah they they really liked Nick they felt like Nick could fit into their family perfectly he was like Nick to them was like the calm and the balance because their family was like I said very rambunctious very open about their feelings and the things that are going on in their lives but you know Nick was very more very much more calm cool and collected but he was starting to open up with her family as time went on and they really liked him on the flip side when Nick took Danielle to meet his family his family was very skeptical about the whole process and I mean that's natural it's a weird experiment to be a part of to then try to go bring somebody that you met two weeks ago and ask for your parents blessing to get married in another two weeks I mean that's absurd but at least at least that's how his family looked at it and how some of the 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 family members reacted is like uh yeah I'm not gonna give you my blessing because you met him two weeks ago who's to say that homie's not a serial killer you know what I mean but yeah they were really skeptical and they they did question Danielle but I felt like she you know perfectly encapsulated their relationship and what she told them and you know she basically was saying like he's her best friend and you know they've had the hard conversations I'm paraphrasing y'all I don't remember word for word what she said but you know I felt like she handled the the meeting with his family very well um now of course at the end they're like okay well we'll see like you know if this is what makes you happy then okay but you know we'll have to see I'm not just gonna be all over the whole process in like a two-hour meeting you know but yeah his family was the complete opposite of Danielle's family realistically I would love to see how that dynamic works in the long run but I'm sure it'll work out you never know I mean at the end of the day you are marrying into a person's family but it's really you and that other person's union so of course outside influence especially family it does make a difference like Personally, I wouldn't want to marry somebody who my family doesn't like, like at least a little bit, you know, like they got to at least like you a little bit, like, like your character. Now, if they don't like you at all, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to be tough. And by my family, I would really just say the main people I would be concerned about would be my mom, my brother, and my grandmother. 
Like, everybody else, eh, like, I love y'all, but I don't know. I wouldn't be too pressed about that because, you know, I really, really care about what my mom thinks about my partner and especially my brother because my brother has been with me when I've been down and out with these dudes. So my brother probably would be the best judge of character if I brought another dude home, which who knows when that's going to happen because like I said, I don't got no prospects around here. But anyways, and then let's just skip ahead. Um, they, they do end up getting married. They, he, they both accept, you know, the marriage at the end. They both say I do and they decide to get married and they are still together based off of the reunion. They were sitting really comfortable and happy together and I was here for it. They even mentioned, Nick mentioned at the reunion that they had had couples therapy, which I think is so important. I feel like especially meeting someone in a scenario like that where you don't really fully know them like you think you do. Like couples therapy is just so helpful in terms of how to like navigate your arguments and you know how to listen and speak less which is what he said. He said basically they learned in couples therapy that what you have to do is listen more talk less and I couldn't agree more with that because sometimes we're when we're arguing or when we're talking to people in general we're talking to them we're listening to respond. We're not listening just to hear them out or to validate their feelings. And so I think with relationships, that is super important to listen to what people are actually saying, not to respond, but to actually listen and validate where they're coming from. So yeah, they're still doing good. I'm really happy about that. They did a little um, home video, like a little tour of Nick's condo. And it seems like, you know, they're working through living together and it looks like it's pretty decent and so I'm rooting for them now next couple we are going to do dang y'all I said I was gonna do three people and we're already at 45 minutes I can't believe that so I'm gonna try to like do a better summary this time so bear with me y'all y'all know I like to talk okay we are going to do Jared and Ayana which is technically a love triangle between Jared, Ayana, and Mallory. And then Sal is involved because he ends up proposing to Mallory. So let me not confuse y'all. So let's back it up to the pods again. So Jared and Ayana were the only established black couple on the show. So of course I'm rooting for them because I'm rooting for everybody black. You know how that goes. Personally, this is what I think. I'm not, like I said, I'm not gonna cover everything that happened with them, but I'm gonna pick up some of the main points in how I feel about their relationship. Now, I personally think that Jared and Ayana are literally like the same person in terms of their humor, kind of how they act with each other. They're very jokey, they have great banter, they're really goofy. You know, it's it's almost like they're one in the same when it comes to that, but their lifestyles are so different. So Ayana is very like introverted. She would rather come home after a long day and read a good book. But Jared, on the other hand, did I say Jared? Not Jared, Jarrett, Jarrett. Um, Jarrett, he will go out and party with his friends, his homeboys go to the bar or whatever and be out till six in the morning. Hunty, if you're trying to get married to my good sis, like when you gonna when you gonna wrap that up? When you gonna retire that part of your lifestyle? I'm not saying that you have to give up having fun, but you know you need to scale it back a little bit, cause that's telling me 
that you haven't really considered what marriage is actually going to entail for you. Because how are you actually going to work on having a good marriage if you out till 6 a.m. every night? Like that ain't going to work, hunty. So that's one of like their biggest differences. In personality, he's more extroverted, she's introverted. But sometimes like opposites, opposites attract, which I think sometimes dating someone similar to you is good. I think similarity is important when it comes to your values and your morals and what you want out of life which Ayana basically says this at the reunion special um to kind of jump ahead a little bit she basically says that they have like similar ideas of what they want for a future together what they want in their own individual lives what their ambitions and goals are and then they have similar values and morals but their personalities are very different. That I think you can work through. But if somebody has like completely different values and morals from you, well, I don't think that's gonna work. Like that's not gonna work because it's just not gonna work. And there's a couple that basically sums that up really, really well, but we're gonna have to cover them on next week's episode. Where did I leave off? So, okay, so yeah, Ayana and Jared, they start talking in the pods or whatever right off the bat they're like having great banter great like just great conversation and they got deep pretty quick i mean jared asked ayana about like her upbringing and you know then we get into her being like adopted by her godparents and that whole scenario and so the main thing that you're going to hear jared say throughout this whole season is that ayana is very resilient and she is don't get me wrong, she is. However.com, there are other qualities of my good sis, Jarrett, that you need to be keeping in the forefront of your mind that you are not. Because every time anybody would say like, so what made you choose Ayana? So why Ayana? Why do you love Ayana? Why do you want to marry her? I just love her resilience, man. Like, um, no, that's not acceptable. And let me tell you guys why this is not acceptable. I'm going to slightly drift off from Love is Blind just to share a quick little tidbit of why this is not acceptable. Now, when I was 20, I was dating a 25 year old. And I'm going to tell you guys this story in another podcast episode. Um, don't worry, I got the tea for y'all. But I was dating a 25 year old. So we did have quite an age gap and we were in different stages of our life. I was still in college. He was working a full time job. I still lived at home going to school. He lived by himself, had a full time job. You know, it's a whole different dynamic. But, you know, nonetheless, we were together. And long story short, y'all, you know, I thought I was going to marry this guy. He told me that he wanted to marry me and we were pretty much on board that we wanted to get married that we wanted to have a future future together that we wanted to start a life together like we were pretty much on board with that idea from the moment he told me that he wanted to marry me like that was a done deal for me because I'm like you want to marry me like hell yeah like let's get married now we had all these other problems that marriage should have never really been in the conversation like at that point but you know the relationship wasn't all bad it, it was a it was a decent relationship but the reason why I wanted to talk about this really quick was because Jarrett is kind of ignoring all of Ayana's other qualities. I'm not saying that he doesn't see her other qualities, but when when someone asks you, why do you want to marry a person? Like, sure, them being resilient is great, but that should really be like a 
like a secondary characteristic as or a secondary reason as you would why you would want to marry someone because there needs to be a little bit more than that so I told you guys me and this me and this guy wanted to get married and so you know it was serious y'all because one day when I was at work he was trying to get into the military that didn't end up happening and I will share the tea with y'all do not worry I got y'all covered with the tea I don't leave y'all hanging ever so he was trying to join the military so of course he was studying for the ASVAB and you know the ASVAB is just like a basically a military placement test if you will that kind of shows you what your job would be once you go through basic training so it's important because if you don't score well on the ASVAB you could have like a trash job you know what I mean like you want to have a decent job when you join the military so or at least something that you're that piques your interest so the ASVAB basically gives you those results in the form of a test kind it's not really like the SAT ACT it's not really like that because that's more of a a standardized test that's going to determine your intelligence even though I don't think it determines your intelligence but I guess that's the best way I can put it um it determines your intelligence level in terms of getting accepted into college somewhat like that you know the ASVAB is more of like a, a career placement test in the military so he was studying really really hard for the ASVAB and his ambition was really what I mean this dude was super ambitious like I was I admired his like dedication and grind and grit to studying for the ASVAB and then at the end of the day not even being able to join the military in the first place and he always knew that this was a possibility like he knew it was possible that he wasn't going to be able to join the military because and I'm only going to say this one part and then I'm not going to tell y'all nothing else about like his situation because I'm going to go into detail in another episode but he was a convicted felon so joining the military wasn't going to be a thing for homie and he knew it was always a possibility but he still wanted to give it a shot and try to make a better life for himself and his future wife i.e me and his future children so i'm at work and he goes to my mom's house because obviously my mom was in the military and he's talking to her about the military and telling her like what his plans are and what he's been up to studying for the ASVAB and you know my mom is really supportive in his decision and wanting to join the military and telling him about the different branches and you know her being in the army and just different things that she experienced in the military because he was super fascinated by it so he was like extremely fascinated with my entire family because my entire family was from like a military background so now I didn't know about what happened during this interaction with him until later like until years later I mean I think I didn't find this out until 2020 or something like that 2020 2019 it was well after this relationship ended this relationship ended in like 2015 early tw like early like I think 2015 yeah it was definitely 2015 when this relationship ended it was my longest relationship to date a whole year oh my god <laughs> Like, who the heck did I think I was? But anyways, so my mom basically tells me a couple of years ago that he did tell my mom, my mom asked him, why did he want to marry me? And his response to my mom is very similar to the response that Jared gave all of Ayana's family and friends. And he basically said to my mom that he wanted to marry me because I was a good girl. <laughs> 
And my mom is looking at him like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I raised her. I know she's a good girl. Like, but why do you want to marry her? Like, what is the reason? What are the qualities about my daughter that makes you want to marry her and get on one knee and be her husband for the rest of her life? Like, what are those reasons? And I'm not telling you guys that he didn't tell her any other reasons because he might have and I just don't remember. Or maybe my mom didn't tell me that part of the story. But the one thing that I picked out was that he told my mom that he wanted to marry me because I was a good girl. And what does that even mean? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, is am I a good girl because I didn't have that many sexual partners by the time I met you and because I grew up going to church and because I was going to school to get a good job that basically is non-existent? Like, what does being a good girl mean to this dude? I don't know because I never asked him this question because I didn't know that that was what he told her. Because for whatever, whatever reason, he didn't want to tell me. I mean, I guess it would make sense because I guess if he was asking for my mom's blessing, like you probably wouldn't tell me that until after you propose, I guess. And the proposal never happened. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I can't wait to tell you guys the story because it's, it's a good one. But anyways, so yeah, it's like my mom is thinking like, okay, like you're not telling me anything new. You're not telling me anything that basically a random stranger could tell you about me that I'm a good girl and then like I said what does that even really mean like huh so it was just a very generic answer to like the question and my mom knew that that relationship wasn't going to work from the day that she met him not because he wasn't a uh not because he wasn't a good guy or he was a shitty person because he was a great guy actually he was a good guy he had a good heart he was a good person he just made some poor decisions that got him hemmed up and we just made we both made some poor decisions in our relationship so that's really all that came down to honestly um in terms of you know why I didn't work out with him but you know he was a great person my mom just knew that he wasn't the man for me because one I think from what I know now looking back on all my relationships I need a man who's gonna be gentle with me like, I don't need a man who's going to be up in my apartment or up in our, um, you know, forever home, raising their voice at me, calling me all types of bees and hoes. Like, I don't need a man to be getting, getting, um, what's the word, y'all? I don't need nobody to be getting crazy with me. Like, come correct. Put some respect on my name when you talk to me. I need someone who knows how to hold their temper. And I need somebody who's patient and understanding, who validates my feelings, someone who's sensitive to my feelings. I need a man who's like that. Someone who's a little bit more emotionally in tune with their own feelings. I don't want nobody who's like, nah, I'm not going to therapy because what is therapy going to do for me? Or nah, like I don't, I don't cry because men don't cry. Like nah, no, 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 no. I need somebody who's in tune with their emotions. Somebody who can sit and listen to me talk and not try to fix it all the time but listen and I don't need somebody who is kind of like on that machismo stuff who doesn't really want to you know be self-aware and reflect on their past experiences you know something like that so my mom knew that what that relationship wasn't gonna work but anyways that's the thing that that Jared said that really kind of pissed me off because it's like and all of her family members were kind of like yeah but what else because 
Ayana's a great person. She's thoughtful. She's sensitive. She's caring. She's, you know, she's lovable. She's quirky. Like they're naming qualities about her that he's not naming. So then it's probably making her godparents even more skeptical about this whole thing because you're not telling me anything that's going to help you get through a lasting marriage. And it was so funny, you guys. I don't know if y'all know who Jesse Wu is. But she's real like popular on social media and TikTok, not TikTok, YouTube. But when I was watching her recap, she said what Jared's meant by, you know, him highlighting the fact that Ayana was resilient was that, you know, she was basically being set up to be somebody's slave because, and this is her words, not mine. I, I did think it was an interesting take and I was like, hmm, I didn't even think about it like that. But she was basically saying that, you know, black men who choose to be with black women oftentimes always find the, like, feel the need to say that they're so resilient and they're so strong. Because what does that mean? The strong black woman trope means that we're going to carry the world on our shoulders and nobody's going to be there for us, but we got your back all the time. We're bending over backwards for you, but that's all that we're going to be doing for you. You're not going to be doing that for us, which tells me that if that's something that you admire about me, not that me being a strong black woman or Ayana being resilient is a bad thing and you highlighting that, but I feel like it should be the last thing on your list. You know what I mean? Like, what is it about her that you love? What is it about her that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and be a good husband? Like, what is it about her that makes you want to do right by yourself, do right by the Lord? Like, what is it about her that makes you want to give up your single life and get down on one knee and be forever faithful and committed to this relationship? You know, and it wasn't giving. It wasn't giving. I'm ready to do anything. It was giving. I'm just a part of this social experiment and you know, we're cool. We get along. She's beautiful. So, you know, I'm gonna make it do what it do. So yeah, that's kind of like where he kind of, he dropped the ball. And then he also dropped the ball because he was in a love triangle with Ayana and Mallory. Mallory ends up, um, accepting Sal's proposal. Um, but let me back up a little bit. So Jared was talking to Mallory and Ayana separately in the pods. You know, they would show their interaction like each week or whatever the case may be between Mallory and, and Ayana. And personally, I thought that him and Ayana had more like depth to their conversations. I felt like with Mallory, honestly, their conversations seemed a little bit more surface level. Like I remember him asking her like what type of ring she would like, like like silver or gold you know their their conversations really weren't like oh my god like this guy's in love with her i really would have felt that way more about him and ayana because they just had more like emotional chemistry is what it seemed like to me but i could be wrong that's just how i interpreted it basically he proposed to nap mallory and mallory said no so obviously Jared's ego was shot because he's like, dang, I proposed to old girl and old girl said no, but he already has Ayana on the sidelines because she was already in his top two. She was another contender. So he's hurt. Like he's butthurt about Mallory saying no. She said it caught, caught her off guard. 
and yeah they basically they stop talking or whatever the case may be you know she's crying carrying on he i think he even started crying like you know they she felt caught off guard and his ego was shot well then it turns around that he still has ayana on the back burner so he goes back to ayana and he tells you know ayana that you know he proposed to mallory and mallory said no or i don't know if he told her that or if she found out about that based off of living with her i don't know y'all but i'm sure one of y'all know but nevertheless she found out that she wasn't his first choice and y'all i don't know if i could do it i don't know if i could marry somebody knowing that i wasn't their first choice like I don't know like it seems it seems dumb because it's like okay they were in a social experiment together and they both had to date other people in order to find their perfect match but and at one time I think that Ayana even said that Nick was like in her top in her top contenders like she didn't name a lot of guys so I guess it was only Nick and Jared but I think at some point you know Nick fell off the handle because Nick was so into Danielle that he didn't waste no time proposing to Danielle so you know Ayana obviously knew that she had more with Jared so for Ayana not to be Jared's first choice which honestly it's not even the fact that she wasn't his first choice because okay you pick Mallory Mallory said no but I just feel like you know it's just hard to, to not feel like your second best to your to his first choice which which let me just say this y'all I don't want to bring race into this but I feel like we have to when it comes to black men black women aren't their first choice it's just not the case it's not the case black men and I'm not saying all black men obviously y'all but what from what I've seen from my experience black men typically go for the racially ambiguous they go for the racially ambiguous, the girls with the the loose curly hair, the light-skinned women. And honestly, unfortunately, I'm in that category. And I have more stories that I can tell y'all about my problematic behavior and being a light-skinned woman in the black community because I had some things that I had to unlearn, things that I had no idea were a thing until I got older. And then I was like, oh, colorism is a thing? Like, you know, these were things that we didn't know about as kids I didn't know what the heck but you know black men don't typically reach for a black woman in their arsenal when they're trying to you know settle down and be married you know they go for women who you know they might be black but maybe they don't look black and then it's always what do you mix with like what like hunty get up out my face with that nonsense like we are in 2022 you should not be asking me what I mix with like I mean I guess that is a valid question but I don't know it ruffles my feathers when black men ask me what am I mixed with just because I'm light-skinned like hunty I don't know if no one has realized but this pandemic should have taught a couple of people a couple of things one black lives matter and two black people are not a monolith we come in all shapes sizes and colors and hair textures and backgrounds and we're not all the same and we're all beautiful and we all got melanin and black is magic and that's point blank period that's what people should have learned over these last two years but clearly some people got dropped on their head as kids and still don't know this stuff so i gotta remind them but yeah so 
you know, I feel like in a way, Jarek probably knew by Mallory's voice that Mallory wasn't black, you know, because she's like, I think she said she's Polish and Mexican. So what are we, what is she guys? Racially ambiguous. Because like in person, if you look at her, she looks like one of those, you know, fiery Latinas that a lot of black men do go for. Let's be real here. Let's keep it all the way 100. So, you know, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way that Ayana wasn't his first choice. I don't know, y'all. It just it just made me feel some type of way for Ayana because I felt like now you have to question your relationship unless he just proves to you that he was genuinely trying to go through the experiment and trying to see who his best match was going to be. Then, you know, I guess you take the bitter with the sweet and you keep pushing and obviously they were able to make it through because they're still married to this day according to the reunion they're still married you know they had some growing pains that they had to deal with of course Ayana was pissed when she watched back the season to see like everything that went down between him and Mallory and even like before the the actual proposal Ayana was like having second thoughts because she just genuinely felt like she was second best but she still ended up accepting the proposal and they're still married to this day so I mean personally like I said I felt like they were very compatible I just think that there's a lot of things that they would have to work on individually in order to be good together for a marriage so let's talk about Mallory and Sal and then this is going to be it for the recap y'all this was a lot longer than I expected so I don't know you're welcome I'm sorry I don't know which which one to say but hopefully you guys are enjoying it so far so Mallory and Sal okay so Mallory and Sal I feel like in the pods it did seem like they had a pretty genuine connection like you know Mallory Mallory brought like a never have I ever game to the pods and you know they got a little bit deep about their upbringing and Sal's siblings and Mallory's background and you know stuff like that what she probably did for work honestly they didn't show too much of their conversation because I can't even remember like an actual conversation that they had to be honest with y'all and someone mentioned that in the love is blind comments on the Instagram page they were like it seemed to me like Y'all didn't really show too much of the conversation in the pods unless it was like super juicy because I don't really know exactly everything that Mallory and Sal talked about, but nonetheless, you know, they had a connection. Mallory was more into Sal than she was Jared, but then she accepts Sal's proposal and she accepts Sal's proposal because when Jared proposed to her, she knew that she wanted to marry Sal based off of the emotional connection that she built with Sal and not Jared. So, you know, after the proposal or whatever, you know, they, they have to meet in person. So they meet each other in person. And honestly, I don't even know Mallory from Bob. And I could clearly see that she was not happy with what she got like it literally looked like she just wasn't attracted to him and I really have nothing to say because my last relationship I wasn't attracted to my ex but to be honest with y'all I was very upfront front with him about that I did tell him that initially I was not attracted to him until after that second date I told him this because I wanted to be honest and I wanted to put everything out on the table so it's not like I didn't tell this man that but I told him in a way that was nice I don't know how you could tell somebody that they're not attractive in a nice way, but 
I did it. I did it. But you could just tell that something was off between them because she's walking up to him and like you I don't need you guys need to go back and watch the meeting of Sal and Mallory if you pause it when she's walking up to him she makes this face like oh hell like she makes this face I've rewatched it twice already because I wanted to make sure I could you know recap it for y'all and she makes this face like oh oops like she just it didn't look like she was happy at all and then the whole interaction just seemed super awkward the kiss looked awkward the after them going to sit on the couch together it just was awkward and then of course he's telling her like you're so beautiful but she's not reciprocating it back to him and she's just like man this is crazy this is crazy and then in her little interview you know how they have the little interviews where they talk about what's going on she's saying like things are a little off because she said something about the attraction is not there she was like it's not like he's ugly but it's something about the attraction that's not there for me and I was like I knew it because like you could tell that the interaction was so awkward then when you know him and Mallory get to Mexico now people was lying y'all people was lying and I would have been mad watching the reunion back knowing that I chose one of these fools to end up with me and I gotta watch this crap back but basically she said in that interview after they met that something was off it was something about the attraction she didn't say I'm just an awkward person so that's the reason why things were off-putting no she said it was about the attraction so that tells you it was about physical appearance when they get to Mexico, they're like sitting out on the balcony after their first night there. And I think they're having like brunch on the patio or something. And Sal's like reassuring Mallory, like, you know, I'm in this with you. And, you know, I don't want things to be awkward between us. And, you know, I'm here for you. Like being very nice and reassuring with her. And then she makes up this lie, y'all. And she's just like, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't want you to think it's you I'm just awkward in person I'm just an awkward person I'm just quirky and you know it's it's me it's not you but y'all in that interview she said it was something about their attraction so that's lie number one and then following the night that she spent with him she says I'm a hundred percent attracted to him he's so handsome I'm like okay so but like I said y'all I can't really judge her because obviously my ex got fine overnight after a second date so maybe after she had sex with Sal maybe she felt like oh like maybe you know maybe he's better looking or maybe after spending a couple days with him in Mexico or however long the turnaround time was maybe she just started to feel kind of like how I did but I just felt like she wasn't honest with him from jump because she just made it seem like it was her being awkward that was the issue in their initial in interaction but the real thing was it was more about the attractiveness on his side which she could have been completely upfront about and I truly do believe that in time if someone is like a five and I think Shayna one of the the cast members had said if someone's like a five or a seven but they have like a really good personality they're genuine they make you laugh they have a lot of confidence you could bump that up quick to like a nine they could even be a 10 because i think personality goes a long way like i honestly do want to be attracted to the person that i end up with there has to be some attraction you know it can't be no attraction at all 
that's why I don't think that love is truly blind. I think, honestly, um, and I'm, I'm not even going to talk about this couple on this episode, but I wouldn't even say that love is blurry because that's what one of the contestants said. But I think that love is partially blind. Like, I do think that there is a possibility that you could, you know, not see anybody fall in love with them and it could all work out. But I do think there is a degree in which attraction does matter. It matters a little bit, but it's not the end all be all. And I would definitely say it shouldn't be your top priority, but I don't think that love is truly blind. I don't think, I don't think that, but I don't know. Maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about, but anyways. So yeah, I just felt like she wasn't being honest with Sal. And of course, Sal is a little bit more soft spoken. He's not like he mentions on the show that a lot of times when women first meet him, they think that he's giving off more of like a machismo vibe or because he's from El Paso and he's Hispanic that he's more machismo or whatever, like whatever that means. And he's actually not, he's a good guy. He's soft spoken. He's in tune with his emotions. He validates Mallory's feelings. So yeah, he, he's, he's a good guy. At least that's what it seemed like from, from the show. So I felt like he deserved more of her honesty and transparency and he just wasn't getting it. And then on top of that, Mallory was just gaslighting him a lot of the times and not really like telling him the full story because whenever they did that little couples meet and greet in Mexico, obviously Mallory meets Jarrett for the first time knowing that she turned down his proposal and knowing that Mallory was like his top person. And Sal was kind of aware of this. And, you know, Jared and Mallory have this conversation at the bar. You could tell she's like drunk because all she's doing is cussing every five seconds. What she's saying is like halfway making sense. But, you know, she, Jared is basically instigating the fact that Mallory's ring wasn't actually what she wanted. She wanted a gold ring. And Jared is like, I would have got that for you because I asked you in the pause. Like he's instigating stuff that doesn't even matter at this point. It's like, what does my ring to you matter at this point? Because you didn't choose me. I didn't choose you. And you have a whole fiance on the other side of this bar. So me not liking my ring is none of your concern at this point. But yeah, the conversation was just really like inappropriate because they were flirting with each other. Like they were flirting and there's no way that you could say that they weren't flirting. Like they, Jared was instigating the whole situation, kind of trying to imply that Mal wasn't actually happy with Sal, which she wasn't. And yeah, it was just, it was a hot mess. So Sal gets uncomfortable with this conversation and he discusses this later on after they leave Mexico. So that probably was his first problem. Maybe they had a conversation that wasn't shown, but they had a conversation when they were actually living together in Chicago. And he says like, hey, you know, there's actually been something that's bothering me. So they sit down and talk and he mentions the whole situation with Jared in Mexico about he, I guess what he gathered from the conversation was she didn't actually want to want to get married to him and you know jared did ask mallory if she want like are you ready to get married and she makes this face and she rolls her eyes and she's like not really with it clearly in this part of the show that they are like illustrating and so 
Sal obviously feels some type of way because he's thinking like, well, I proposed to you, you said yes, and now you don't really want to get married. And I had to hear this from a third party conversation that I was eavesdropping on. And so Mallory essentially is, you know, just gaslighting Sal because she like waters down the conversation she has with Jared and says that, well, there was just a little situation where Jared brought up my ring not being gold because I actually like gold rings and asking me if I like the ring and you know that was all it was it wasn't nothing like about you it was nothing bad about you and she was just like obviously like I love my ring you know I just felt slighted because all the other girls got a ring that they actually wanted and I didn't actually get the ring that I wanted and Sal is like well, you know, I guess I could have like asked you more questions about the ring so I could have made sure that I got you the perfect ring. You know, trying to put the blame on himself as if, okay, like you didn't get her the ring that she wanted. But that's not really what this conversation was about. It was more about the fact that Jared and Natalie, Matt, not Natalie, Jared and Mallory were literally flirting and kind of basically seeing what they were missing out on. But it was kind of weird because I felt like even though they were flirting, it really still seemed as though Mallory didn't really want to be with Jared, like anyways, like it didn't seem like she wanted to be with him. But then maybe she was acting that way because Ayana was across the street, like not across the street, but like, right, like at the bar next to them. I don't know. But I think that what Mallory was realizing is she painted a picture that she wanted someone who was more into sports and a little rough around the edges and because she's beautiful takes her to do stuff and buys her nice things and takes her out and shows her off like it seemed like that's more of what she wanted and it seems that what she's getting from Sal at least from what I'm thinking is she's getting more of like the emotional reassurance but she's not getting that other half that she's looking for, like someone to like take her out and do nice things. But then again, like, I don't know, because I felt like Sal was very romantic. He was singing to her, created a picnic for her. Like, it seemed like he was doing some nice stuff. So I don't know. It, it just seemed like she was alluding to the fact that she's a guy's girl and she wants someone who, I guess the people that she's usually attracted to are not the ones that are actually gonna shower her with love, affection, time, gifts, stuff like that. They're really the assholes is what I gathered. Like the guys that she typically is attracted to are the assholes and Sal is the complete opposite, but she's not really that attracted to him. So that's what I gathered from the situation. And just to fast forward to the re for the, the marriage, you know, they, he said no at the altar and I thought that was the best decision he could have made because I don't really think that Mallory really wanted to marry him. I just think she was probably thinking like, I'm not attracted to him, but the guys that I'm usually attracted to are douchebags. So maybe I should take a leap of faith and be with Sal because he seems like a good guy. I'm just not really that into him. It, that, it was just a casual case of like a classic case of she's just not that into you. That's literally that jumped off the screen, honestly. And then at the reunion, obviously Sal was still really hurt about what happened with Mallory. And apparently there was a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes that they didn't feel the need to share and bring up their dirty laundry. And I was kind of pissed because I was like, I really want to know like what actually happened. 
as to the reason why you guys aren't together because that's like the purpose of the show is to know is love truly blind apparently after the altar fiasco they tried to see if they could date in the real world and they met up for coffee and it didn't work out but they didn't really go into detail and I was kind of mad because I'm like I really want to know like what exactly happened what were the arguments that hurt you because he said he felt unheard which was very obvious watching the show but they just weren't giving a lot of the information and then like her apology was very like lackluster it wasn't giving so yeah I just wasn't impressed but I felt bad for Sal because I felt like he definitely deserves someone who you know genuinely wants to be with him and I just don't think that that was that was Mallory I feel like in her defense I felt like she probably just wanted to see it through and if you're on a social experiment and you're trying to see if it's actually going to work then maybe you feel like you have to go through the full process leading up to the marriage part in order to see if something's actually going to work like if you give up in the pods well you're not really gonna find out if love is truly blind because you didn't actually go through the process of the experiment so in just with that saying period I think that goes for all the couples I really do think that probably everybody wanted to see it through and not for the production of the show maybe some people did it for the actual production of the show shake it was probably a good example of that but I just felt like maybe they they needed to see the whole relationship through in order to see like okay I, I did everything that I could to try to make this work and it just didn't work so at least you know you have no regrets because you actually you know went in with the open mind and you tried to you know make it make it last make it work that was Sal and Mallory so yeah out of those three couples that we talked about Jared and Ayana are still together according to social media and the reunion Danielle and Nick are also still together based on the show and Instagram. So happy for them both. Um, actually, another spoiler, they were the only two that got married and are still married. So hopefully in the long run, it works out. I hope that if Jared and Ayana haven't considered or are in couples therapy, I definitely think that they need to do that. And I think they need to try to unpack some of those issues that were brought about in the pods i think they need to unpack some of that stuff and i think that it's possible that their their marriage could be lasting jared made the comment that you know he realized that he had to compromise and be willing to stay in more because he's a married man and his wife likes to stay in but then ayana also said that she compromises by going out more so they're both kind of doing this little tango to meet each other in the middle which I think is great because you know relationships are all about compromise and it sounds like that's what they are trying to do so I am here for that and then one last comment that I wanted to make about the couple so like with Danielle and Nick she said that once they started dating in the real world well I guess they weren't dating once they were married in the real world she noticed that a lot of the arguments that they were having in the pods or in Mexico living together they started to become more non-existent and one of the the hosts of the show said that it's probably because the experiment forces you to it almost kind of makes you get into arguments kind of is what I gathered like it makes you get into arguments because this is fast 
you're trying to make sure that this is the right person for you you're trying to make sure that they're not bullshitting you you're trying to make sure that they see you at your worst so Nick truly saw Danielle at her worst just from like four weeks being on the show and I think once she realized that he actually wasn't gonna leave her and that he genuinely loved her cares about her you know wants to put her first I think she stopped doing all the extra inspector gadget questioning him about every little thing in their relationship and I think she probably did some like self-reflection on her end especially since they're probably she's going to individual therapy I know she mentioned and then they're doing the couples therapy so she's taking the tools from both therapies and she's probably learning to just trust her husband which I think is a lot of growth on her end so kudos to the the happy couples I'm happy for them the reunion was trash though I'm not gonna lie to y'all I didn't like the reunion that much I felt like the actual season was better than the reunion like the only thing that made the reunion interesting was shake being an asshole and that's a conversation for next podcast because we have run out of time my friends <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this little love is blind recap part one let me know in the comments on the instagram off the dome well at off the dome podcast underscore who your favorite couple was if you've seen it if you care if you don't have a favorite couple what you took away from the show do you think love is truly blind let me know in the comment section about how y'all feel about this show and um yeah we can definitely talk in the comments but we have one more piece of business to take care of on the podcast and of course that is product of the week so this week you guys i have something a little bit more fun so we're not doing like an actual like beauty or skincare product or body product this week we're actually gonna do a food item and i'm super excited about it because i literally just discovered this today i decided to try something new out and one thing about me y'all i'm gonna eat some snacks like I'm gonna eat some snacks. I'm not just a meals gal, I want some snacks. So I like to have me a good snack, you know, preferably something that has like, is labeled non-GMO, doesn't have a lot of artificial flavoring or colors, especially caramel color. And I don't know if y'all know this, but caramel color will give y'all cancer. So every time I'm looking at the back of packaging, it's really to make sure that caramel color is not in the ingredient list because my mom told me this when we were growing up. And then she really tried her best to stop buying stuff with caramel color but for one i can tell y'all it's in barbecue sauce it's in some of those um like those vegan patties from boca and morningstar i love those but some of them have caramel color in them i think they're in doritos anything that you could think that's kind of like dark so definitely barbecue sauce but there are a lot of barbecue sauces out there that do not have that as an ingredient. So, you know, just check out your food labels if that's something you care about. Cancer runs in my family, so anything that I can do to try to avoid that is what I'm going to do. So, this product is from The Good Crisp Company, and it's basically the equivalent of Pringles. It's like in a Pringles type can. But it's a healthier version of Pringles. I got the flavor Outback Barbecue. 
specifically because sour cream and onion has dairy in it and i try my best not to eat a lot of food with dairy if not cut it out completely um as much as i possibly can this does not have caramel color in it matter of fact in place of caramel color and i'm pretty sure like regular barbecue chips the lays flavor probably has caramel color but this uses what do they use paprika extract for color how hard is that y'all how hard is it to just use a natural ingredient for color or like that annatto color that you see on some of the food labels like why do you got to use caramel color like that just sounds ridiculous anywho so if you care about calories it's 140 calories per serving 28 grams is the serving size which is probably like 13 chips but i weigh my food just so i can get the serving size so do with that what you will but i will be honest with y'all it literally tastes like pringles and i haven't had pringles in years but it's non-gmo it's gluten-free if you care about that and it says all taste no guilt they are really delicious so and i love a crunchy snack so i hope that you guys have this in where you live oh also it has two grams of protein per serving which is pretty good for a snack for a chip um but yeah i got this at my local grocery store i'm sure you guys can find it at your local grocery store if not maybe amazon carries it and you can buy it in bulk but highly recommend this let me know if you guys try it out they do have i think like a regular salted flavor sour cream and onion the barbecue and i think that's all i saw but they may have more but sometimes certain grocery stores carry like a limited amount of like the healthier options so definitely look around if it's something that you're interested in I hope you guys enjoyed this episode this week. Let me know in the comments what your favorite part of the episode was. I would love to hear your feedback about, you know, just the podcast in general. Are you guys liking it? What are your favorite topics? Are there any topics that you want me to cover on the podcast? Are there any scenarios you want me to dive into? Let me know. As always, you can always leave me a five-star review, a written review, subscribe to the podcast, we are available now on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and probably anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't quote me on that, but I know for sure those three platforms, the podcast is available for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love y'all, and I will talk to y'all next week.